How? I mean, how could this attractive, bright artist and architect have become so depressed she mutilated herself and was suicidal? Next, on this edition of It's Supernatural. Centuries have come and gone, offering wisdom and understanding throughout the ages. Today, there should be nothing beyond one's power to discover. And yet, the strange, unusual, and mysterious world of the supernatural defies understanding. Stay tuned for a unique and powerful investigation into a curious, undiscovered universe only on It's Supernatural. Hello, I'm Sid Roth, your investigative reporter, here with Laurie Malloy. How could an attractive artist, architect, tremendous gifting, everything to live for, want to mutilate herself, want to be suicidal? Uh, how does this thing happen? Lori, you're not only uh, an artist, but you're a writer. And you wrote a book, and I'd like you to read something about your innermost feelings from that book. All right, I'd like to do that. Sometimes I feel so scared and so alone, wondering why I keep trying to smile. I feel like crying. Why me? Why am I so deep? Why am I so different? Or am I? I lay alone, unable to face reality. Cold. The cut is so deep from my own knife, dropping red on the script as I perform the most difficult act, my life. Writing more each day, the show must go on. More makeup, please. I need a smile for this scene. Lori, I'm gonna take you back. I'm gonna take you back to a time when you first discovered that you could prevent yourself from gaining weight by forcing yourself to vomit. Tell me about that. Well, it's tough to go back there. Um, it's like a violent nightmare, a really bad memory. But it really was my life for quite a number of years. And when it is your life, whether you're having eating disorders or whether you're shooting up with heroin or whether you're drinking all the time and ruining your liver and vomiting. It's, it's that same kind of disgusting, disgusting feeling. And I was really thin for a while, and it was just great. I was like, I'm in control. I can, I, I had a little. Was, was the objective being thin, or was the objective being in control? The objective was being in control, like creating an environment where no one could touch you, but it becomes a prison. And it become, became an escape for me. And then I began to just use food or not food, either not eating or eating, to deal with everything. And so it was how I regulated my whole life. So I taught myself how to throw up. And it's very uh, shameful and embarrassing at this moment. But the reason I share it is because it's powerful testimony. Uh, I would just put my hands down my throat and vomit and I had scars on my knuckles and I would lay sometimes in my own vomit or my, my like blood because sometimes blood would come up because I wanted to get every piece of food out of my body and I also took drugs at the time not so much of a huge problem but had just every obsessive behavior the food being the worst one and sometimes I locked myself in my room for like weeks at a time 
have a little bit of food in there, but pretty much just be isolated, uh, cut my own body, um, just to be so depressed that but I... But why were you so depressed? What were the roots of that? Well, I believe for me it stemmed from uh, some abuse in my childhood and uh, just kn not knowing there was a dark side, like a dark force. Like, I, I wish I knew as a kid when I went to sleep at night why I was so scared of the dark. But there is a God and there is darkness. And now I understand that somewhere in my life I, I either made a decision or played into that darkness not knowing. And that darkness was trying to destroy me. It, it, it's sort of like there used to be a cartoon strip with an individual that would have a dark uh, cloud over right. their head. Is that what, that's what it sounds like you're right, describing. Right. Like I would go to sleep at night and have violent, violent nightmares of blood and murder and, and demonic creatures, which did, did I didn't anyone, believe in. Did anyone know this was going on, or did you have the nice Hollywood facade? I'm happy, you're happy, everyone's happy. <laughs> yeah, I was the girl on campus. I mean, I was like a 4.0 student in architecture. I ran marathons. I, I did everything. I mean, not at the lowest points. Those points, I was completely incapacitated. What, what was but your lowest weight? My lowest weight was 95, and I'm about, it was about 25 pounds thinner than I am now, and I'm pretty thin now. But it was quite scary because I didn't have my menstrual cycle, and that was scary because as a woman, uh, you know, I wanted to have children, but I didn't have it for six years because my body couldn't cope with everything. And, and I, I don't quite understand this. You said that your, your, your knuckles or your fingers were cut what, what, how, why were they cut? Well, because I jammed my hand on my throat so violently trying to get the food up. And I would just keep vomiting until there was absolutely nothing but stomach acid or blood coming out. So I would know I got all the food out. I, isn't this <laughs> life threatening? Oh, yeah. And I was in college about 1983, and Karen Carpenter died, who was a famous singer. Mm -hmm. And I, I really loved her. And I remember just, it struck me so much. And I thought, oh, my gosh, you can die from this. Like, what am I doing? So then I really tried to get out of it, and I couldn't get out of it. I mean, it just was worse. It just was worse. There was no way out so of it. It's almost like an alcoholic who says, I can stop any time I yeah. want, but you're really deceived. You can't. Yeah, yeah. I had no power, no control, and the more I tried, it seemed the worse it got, and then I was really desperate. And I went, tried psych psychology, psychiatric care. They give me medicine. Mm -hmm. I'm very rebellious or very intuitive or something. I said, this is ridiculous. What, this is not going to help me. I, I, I have something inside wrong. I just knew something inside of me was wrong, something bigger than like pills and a, a chemical imbalance. I was diagnosed with all kinds of uh, mental illness. But I didn't believe it. I, I believe there was something else, but I didn't know what. So but did psychiatry I, make you feel better? No, it made me feel worse. Why? <laughs> well, actually, they would di diagnose some of the symptoms. They're like, well, you have this and this and this. I'm like, I know that. Can you heal me? Can you help me? I mean, it really frustrated me a lot. I was and looking it, for answers. Uh, now, we hear terms uh, anorexic, bulimic. What is the difference between the two? Well, anorexic is when you starve yourself and you just don't eat uh, for, you know, whatever, but you become very, 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 very thin. Bulimia can be if you're throwing up or you're having laxatives and you're eating a lot of food, but you're getting rid of the food. Not only anorexic, not only bulimic, but just plain overweight. They're all out of control areas. And you know what? 
they're all life-threatening. Is there hope? Is there help available? Of course there is. That's why you're watching. Be back in just a moment. Read the shocking true account of a young woman's painful suffering. This inspirational book, No More Black Days, describes Lori Malord's heart-gripping journey through severe depression, eating disorders, and compulsive behaviors, and her incredible escape into the arms of God. Year after unbelievable year, Lori swam in a pool of dark emotions, smiling on the outside to hide the true depth of her pain on the inside. No More Black Days follows her extraordinary experiences. Learn why sometimes tears just weren't enough and how a spark of hope changed the course of her entire life, a life now with only one reason to live, God's unfailing love. Hello, Sid Roth, your investigative reporter here with Lori Malloyd. Now, she had everything to live for, just depressed, suicidal, Nothing was working in her life. Uh, you would look at her on the outside, you'd say everything is fine, but on the inside, she's vomiting, she's fearful, she's having horrible dreams. Uh, you actually were mutilating yourself? Yes, and you know, quite a lot of people do that. Most people don't know, but uh, I would hit myself. Is it that you disliked yourself? What was the motivation? I thought I hated myself. I mean, I would say, oh, you're just so fat and you're so ugly and you're so, like, horrible and you're so stupid. And I would just hurl you're his name at myself. You're weighing 100 pounds or less and you're saying yeah. you're, you're yeah. so ugly, you're so fat, yeah. you're so stupid. Yeah. My goodness. Sounds like I was listening to the wrong voice. Yes. Yes. I think that's a big problem these days is voices. There's a lot of voices out there. Um, and I think there are the voices that we hear, whether we've heard them as a child and we tend to repeat them, or whether we hear them from our friends, or whether we just come up with them ourselves, and it's very, very damaging. Uh, are there many people that have the problems that you had in society? Yes, I believe there are very, very many. Um, just seven or eight years ago when I published the book, there was about 30% estimated college-age girls that had bulimia. 30%? Yeah, yeah. But now I believe it's much more, and in fact, a lot of young men, and a surprising amount of young men, are vomiting and taking laxatives and, and having anorexia and eating, of course, the compulsive eating where people get overweight. I mean, it is all the same thing. It's just different um, outcomes. Okay, you're trying everything the world's got to offer. You're trying psychiatry. You're trying, um, you got into uh, a new age meditation. Yeah. Did that help? Yeah. <laughs> well, I was just surrounded by every kind of book you could imagine. Self-help and therapy and alternate, all kinds of religions. Uh, the psychiatry thing, like I said, I had left that off. Uh, Although I was still thinking, okay, I'm mentally ill, and, you know, now I'm really nuts because I'm not doing anything about it. And, but I was, I just, I needed an answer. And there were so many people in my life that also needed an answer. And they would come to me with their problems. And I'm like, I, I have problems too. I go, but I need an answer. So, and I believe Jesus was a man, just a good man, a, maybe a prophet. And I didn't believe he had the power that now I understand. But, what happened was, and there's all kinds of gods out there with a the little g, trying to like exalt themselves. And when people ask me now, they say, why do you follow Jesus the Messiah? And I'm, I said, because when I needed someone 
he showed up. And not only did he show up, he completely delivered me of every single ailment that I had. And I was wandering around just saying, who are you, God? I'm desperate. I need your help. I mean, I couldn't function. I couldn't cope. I was living alone. I had no one to support me. I had to take care of myself as an architect, but I could barely work because I was always so, you know, exhausted from all this ritual. <laughs> and so... Um, I imagine it zaps your strength. Yeah, completely. And there were really dark times. Like, that's why the book is called No More Black Days, because I literally black out, and I would go days without remembering what I did. Hmm. And it was very, very depressing. And I, I started asking God, who are you? Who are you? You know, who are you? Are you the God of the Bible? Are you the God of Muhammad? Are you the God, are you Hare Krishna? I mean, who are you? So... I'm wandering around, nothing, I'm not really here, I'm talking to the air, I'm just talking, but I'm talking in faith, and I'm asking God. So one night, I was at this Bible study, uh, trying to learn about some things, and I heard to call out to Jesus, because He will deliver you. And when I got home that night, and the lights were out in my apartment for some reason, and I had eaten, like, all the brownies at the Bible study. <laughs> Oh, you were really doing it to yourself. <laughs> it's so humiliating. And so I went in my apartment to throw up these brownies, and, and you know, my insides were a mess, and, and I was just, I was literally a mess. And I, I, I just remembered what I just heard, and I, I just, I called out to Jesus. I said, Jesus, deliver me. And I just, the minute I said his name, this breath, like a supernatural breath, sucked these demonic creatures off my body. Uh, could you see these creatures? Could I you sense it? I saw the creatures. They were like these transparent, fang-looking creatures. And now at this moment, remind you, I don't believe in the devil. I don't believe in demons. Must and I have really, don't believe Jesus is God. This must have really freaked you out. <laughs> well, I was totally blown away. And the breath was so huge and so supernatural, like I said, it just sucked the creatures off my body and I saw them go off and I was like, I was completely undone and I was completely stunned and I didn't know even what to do at that point. I just, I just stayed there in the bathroom and I noticed I felt all this oppression and depression just lift off my body, I mean completely. How did it feel to have that off, that cloud off after all these it years? It was like truth, like reality, like the truth that set me free, like his name is truth. And I realized in a moment that all that I had been through was actually demons and darkness and the devil, Satan, wanting to destroy my life and telling me to destroy my life. And you know how when people commit suicide, or have they tried to commit suicide, um, they hear voices, mm -hmm. kill yourself or kill your children. I mean, what about that, you know, the yes. things recently? So there really are demonic forces and there really are evil. There really is evil. But if there's evil, we need to find out what is the one thing we can do to get rid of it. Well, we're going to find this out. But how about you? Are you depressed right now? Are you going through it like Lori was going through? Maybe not as bad, but maybe even worse. Are you suicidal? Are you desperate? Are you hopeless? How would you like the wind, the breath of God to blow all that junk off of you, all of it away? Don't go away. We'll talk about this more right after this word.
Uh, Lori, we were t there at such a dramatic moment. You, yes. you don't believe in demons. You don't believe in the devil. You don't believe in hell. All you know is you're depressed and there's a dark cloud over you. You don't even understand how it came, but it's there. But you certainly don't know how to get rid of this dark right. cloud. And all of a sudden, describe this. It, w it was like you could feel a wind come on you. It was more like a breath from outside of myself sucking the creatures off my body. It was so uh, huge and so powerful and so omnipotent and it was absolutely blew my mind. And I realized in the name of Jesus, he has the name above every name and that in his name all darkness must flee. And his name and he alone is available to each and every person alone. I mean, here I was just surrounded by all this self-help. And here we are with all these different religions and doctrines. But when it comes to really needing someone to be there when you need them, you need God. And you need the real God to stand up. And uh, at that Lord. moment, he did. There are people watching us right now on the edge of their seat because they're saying, I relate to what Lori's speaking about. That's me. Would you talk to some of them right now? Yes, actually, um, I was praying for you last night, and I pray for you a lot. I pray for you with all of my heart because God knows where you're at. When you have addictions and you have secret bondages it is so humiliating and so private and there's many of you just stuck in rooms and you're wrapped up in these bondages and you're completely surrounded by these uh, ailments and you think there's no way you're going to get free like you're chained and you're bound and you're searching and you've been diagnosed out of your head I mean it's like diagnoses don't work unless there's a cure. So the cure to the, what ails you is that we are in a spiritual world and a spiritual battle, and there are forces waging against your soul and against who you are, causing you to destroy yourself. And you can call on Jesus Christ. You can call on him now, and he can raise you up from your circumstances. He can deliver you from the bondages, and he can heal you to the point that there are no scars. You know how it takes 20 years of therapy, and you're still not better? You know how people say, well, there's always scars. There are no scars. I have no scars. No scars on the outside, and no scars on the inside. I'm completely, completely healed. That's why it's like hard to even think about who that was. It's so amazing to me, but the compassion of the Lord is that there are people like that now. You might be like that. There are people suffering in these prison halls of their own making, and they're so desperate. And I'm just saying to you, call out to Jesus, your Messiah, your Lord, your Savior. He is the Lord of the whole earth. He's the King of all kings, and He's the God above all gods. He will set you free. You know what I'm reminded? You wrote a letter and sent your book to Princess Diana. Yeah. And, and, and she responded, and you had a correspondence, but then you wrote her a letter, and you were afraid you'd never hear from her again. What did you say? 
Yes, well, it's hard to be uh, a prophet of God. And I've been called all kinds of things, psychic, guru. Uh, people call me everything you can think of. But in the book of Daniel, in the Tanakh, Daniel moved in wisdom because he was close to God. He was close to the God of Abraham, and he moved in wisdom ten times greater than the astrologers and the soothsayers of the kingdom. And Princess Diana knew that I had a gift from God. And it's a gift like Daniel. It's, that's all it is to be a prophet. And when uh, one year in 1997, in about April, I always prayed for her and kept her close to my heart. And I saw death covering her. And I didn't know if it was her or one of her family members. I didn't see that clearly, but I saw death over her. And I wrote her a letter, very urgent, and I said, I see death covering you. I see death. And I said, I don't know what this means. I said, but just reconcile your soul to God and reconcile to others. And I was so distraught when I sent the letter. I said, I'll never hear from her again. She's, this is, ah, it's better to be, you know, I wish I didn't have to be truthful. But anyway, I didn't hear from her again because she did die four months later. And I pray to God, and I believe she did read that, and I do believe she made much reconciliation before she died. You've just been listening to Lori Malord, a Jewish woman that knows what darkness is, knows what that dark cloud is, knows what hurt is, know, knows what it is when you have nowhere to go, and didn't think there was anywhere that she could go. But there was a place for her. The place was in someone's arms, the arms of God. Do you want to have the Lord's arms wrapped around you right now? Do you need that pure? I'm not talking about the love between a man and a woman, or even a, a mother and a child, but I'm talking about pure love. So pure that darkness can't even come near it because I'm going to pray for you right now that his love will penetrate you. The people here, you see, you have sinned. You, you, you've made lots of mistakes. We all have. I mean, we're human. But the good news is God says, I want to forgive you if you will repent. And I want to give you the power such as Lori has right now. I want to give you the power to be free and to walk in that love and to walk in that light and fulfill your destiny and not have that darkness and that depression all over. Say this prayer with me and mean it. Dear God, I'm a sinner. Against you and you alone have I sinned, for which I'm so sorry. I believe that Jesus died for my sins and by his blood, my sins are atoned for. They're washed away. And now that I'm clean, Jesus, come inside of me. Make me feel. Make, make, make the hurts go away. Make me complete. Give me a purpose. I need you. I need your love. What, Jesus? You need my love? That's what he's saying to you. He wants your love. God, the creator of the universe, wants your love. You are special. Go for it.
the shocking true account of a young woman's painful suffering. This inspirational book, No More Black Days, describes Lori Millard's heart-gripping journey through severe depression, eating disorders, and compulsive behaviors, and her incredible escape into the arms of God. Year after unbelievable year, Lori swam in a pool of dark emotions, smiling on the outside to hide the true depth of her pain on the inside. No More Black Days follows her extraordinary experiences. Learn why sometimes tears just weren't enough and how a spark of hope changed the course of her entire life, a life now with only one reason to live, God's unfailing love.